so guys, up top, we want to give a quick shout out to George. You guys, George, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. (laughs) (laughs) I always think this. I'm just going to pull up his last name, actually. It's, I just feel like there's a lot of possibilities. It's a world of possibilities. Okay. You know what? word i see in my head when i read his name on instagram plankton platypus <laughs> literally every time i see his instagram handle i think platypus oh that's kind of cute yeah well i think it's placarus placarus but Pl- i think it might be placorus placarus placorus also sounds good interesting well, as someone who has a last name that some people can't pronounce i sympathize mm, everyone okay. knows how to say my last name right it's pretty straightforward a lot of people get justin's wrong they say safa see that's a hard one yeah for sure so george um does all of our editing of the podcast he puts our fun little song in there and and things and things yeah he also does the video editing for moxie so you've probably seen him walking around class And he is just the best guy ever and deals with a lot because Kate and I are not exactly um, technologically savvy. We struggle in a lot of ways and he puts up with a lot. We text him pretty stupid questions. Really stupid questions. And honestly, how do I download? He always answers them with a smile. You know what I appreciate about him is he answers them without making me feel stupid. Right. Like, when we can't download something, he's like, have you tried connecting to Wi-Fi? <laughs> but, like, so, so genuinely, like, have you tried it? If not, that could help. <laughs> anyway, George is multi-talented and just one of the nicest guys ever. So, if you need any, um, you know, audio, video, photo, editing, he is your dude. For sure. And he loves cats. He does. What's his cat? Pickles. Pickles. Love that. Pickles is his cat. That's really special. So anyway. I love animals named food names. Do you? Yeah. You don't have any? No, I don't because I've never. Oh, Oreo. Oh, I do. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Score. Suckers. (laughs) Like I would love to name like one of my cats or dogs brisket. Interesting. I love brisket. That's my go-to barbecue order. Mm. What's yours? Ribs. Really? Yeah. Never would have guessed. I had it that one day we went to barbecue with our friends. I would guess chicken. Oh, I don't do chicken at barbecue places because it's majority dark meat. Mm, okay. It's always like a thigh or something. Interesting. Okay. I don't do that. All right. Well, how was your day today? It was lovely, actually. I unfortunately and fortunately got to sleep in this morning because... I decided, you know, we were traveling last week. I've, you know, been a little bit more tired lately. So I'm going to sleep in. Have you tried delaying your coffee intake by 90 (laughs) minutes? I do it every day. I didn't have coffee till 1230 today. That's amazing. Yeah. But I got to sleep in because I skipped out on Friday, 545. It was one of the best I've ever taught. Shoot. It was really good. Really? Like the best you've ever taught or just like great people in there? Because I feel like those are two separate things. Well, it was both. Like, the energy was good. Yeah. Um, And Nick Carter was on podium with Boyfriend Bike with Kevin Kenny. Whoa. Yeah. Wait. What's Boyfriend Bike? 
boyfriend bike is the bike that you have direct eye contact with on podium okay is so that it's thing? like in my head it is i don't know <laughs> i think that's what they called it at like a previous studio i don't know if it was like a previous studio i worked at or where i originally started spinning i can't remember i didn't make it up i've heard it somewhere but anyway that's the bike and so nick carter was boyfriend bike with kevin and that was obvious um obviously a, a big energy that is big energy so and i taught well so who was nick with up there kendall love that yep love that yep um well i'm glad it was good but i did enjoy my sleep in i woke up at 9 30 which was a crazy time which was just crazy <laughs> and then i trained with andy where i first saw you right very upset <clears throat> might i add i wasn't in the best mood at that point you went through a crazy circuit training with aug i was tr- i started training with augustine and augustine um has like a his background in training is like in athletics like he did conditioning and skills and stuff for um football players and he played as well um so his style of training is just a little bit different than what i'm used to and he was very challenging for me and i struggled and i was frustrated both with him and with myself because it was like things I should be able to do like running. Okay. Well, I will be honest. The incline was 25 and he clicked eight, which we never really like made it to that speed. Cause he clicked eight and then time started. But anyway, I'm like, it's all in my head. And I was just thinking about how I say that in my classes all the time. I'm like, it's in your head. Didn't do it. Like a little <laughs> bitch. And now I'm there and I'm struggling and I'm like, it's in your head. And I'm like, then I'm yelling at myself. No, it's not. No, I it's not. I cannot do this. You idiot. My legs are going to fall yes. off. It's not in my head. I don't know how everyone doesn't hate me. What do you tell us? No, you tell us in class that our minds will quit before our bodies do. Yeah. That's, that's when I want to jump off my bike and slap you. <laughs> <laughs> like, excuse me. I've been sprinting for three minutes now and you're telling me to do another round of motorcycles i know my legs will quit before my mind does it really made me reevaluate everything um, some of my motivational uh tactics because i don't know that that is motivating i think it's i don't know a little condescending i think yeah (laughs) jeez i need to do some serious self-reflection yeah well i'm happy i got to see you yeah even if you weren't in the best mood Mm -hmm. but I had a wonderful training session with Andy and we worked on my balance. As I've told you, we've been working on. Yeah. I'm curious. Are you preparing for something that's going to require yes. improved balance? The tightrope national <laughs> competition. <laughs> Can't wait. But I don't know. I just feel like if I'm taking an hour of my day to be one-on-one with a trainer. I'm Can you clarify to the listeners that you don't actually have a tightrope competition coming up? Oh, because I, that's not clear. I, <laughs> I don't actually have a tightrope competition coming up. <laughs> if that wasn't abundantly clear, I don't think those, I mean, those probably exist. I feel like nobody would be surprised. Whoa. Honestly. <laughs> what does that say about me? I think if, I think if you told people like, oh yeah, I'm doing a tightrope competition. They'd be like, whoa, that's cool, Kate. Like, nobody would be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Love that. That's kind of cool. Okay. Anyways, yeah. I'm just deciding to, you know, work on little things. But we did a crazy um, set where I had both feet 
it was in a split stance position on the kneeling um, pads. Mm-hmm. So very unstable situation. Yeah. And foundation. That was very hard. And then I also did a kettlebell squat on the kneeling pad. Wait, these sound easy, but it was just harder. No, I believe you. Because in full body functional the other day, we did like a, I can't remember, like a skater squat or something mm. standing on a knee pad. And it was hard. Oh, yeah. It was a single leg RDL. There you go. I remember that. But loved my training session with him. Then I headed over to Harry Little Things with Alex, who's just the best. She is the best. She's really funny. I'm going to link her site down below because my brows have never been better since seeing her. I do need to go to her. I haven't had my brows waxed since my wedding in 2020. They don't wax. They They don't wax? No. What do they do? They pluck, trim, and shape. So they pluck. How do they shape? Like with plucking and trimming. How do they trim? With scissors. <laughs> <laughs> they pluck? Yeah. They're gonna she's gonna pluck my eyebrows one one hair by one hair. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Precision. How long does that take? Not long at all. She's so fast. Does it hurt really bad? No, no, no. She does it so fast that it literally feels I have long, thick eyebrow hair. So do I. Okay. She's not going to pluck the long ones. She's going to need those. I have. A, no, like look at all these long strays that are like really low. The length doesn't matter. It'll be the same pain. I'm not talking about. No, but they're thicker. Yeah, it's fine. You'll oh. be fine. Oh, God, that's scary. Okay. It's you really. I think you'll be fine. Okay. I'm sure I will be. Yeah, no, she's great. You also had a little beauty treatment. I got my hair done today. Yeah, I had to go to test after training with Augustine, which, you know, when I work out, I don't really sweat. Like I don't, well, in cycle I sweat, but any other kind of workouts don't sweat. I had to go to my appointment with my hair sopping wet and thought I was going to be late, ran over completely out of breath because I was already running late because I was dead after the session, walked out, see a text from Kate, do you have shoes that I can wear to work out? So then I run back, take my shoes off, give her the shoes off my feet and then run over to the salon with sopping wet hair like an idiot drenched absolutely drenched do you want to know this is the most embarrassing thing her assistant so bad she test told her so i went to test at east 18th salon and test told her assistant to blow dry my hair (laughs) after i explained why it was sopping wet and the assistant comes over and she's like oh did she already shampoo you (laughs) <laughs> that's how wet it was <laughs> oh gosh she had to blow dry my sweat off of my hair that is crazy it was really bad it was really embarrassing that is so crazy to me but anyway yeah i got got my hair done well you know what you could have used this morning what jay beauty their dry shampoo oh yeah our previous guest sweat and tell recently launched uh beauty brand with some dry shampoo and we want to give them a plug because they're awesome guests i would have had to pour an entire bottle on my head (laughs) maybe multiple and then it just would have become chalk like it would have become mud Mud. that's how wet my hair was like clumped together (laughs) yeah so that's crazy but in any other instance for someone who's not an idiot (laughs) (laughs) definitely gosh that's crazy and I probably didn't smell great either. So I probably could have used something else. Maybe some Iron Lion, perhaps? Definitely some Iron Lion. You guys, 
we actually put on our Instagram stories today a special little code for Iron Lion Soap. It is FWHB. It'll get you 25% off your entire order. And when you're done listening to this episode, as well as next week's episode, because it is a two-parter again, I have no doubt that you will be flooding to the Iron Lion website for two reasons. Number one, because Avi is just the sickest person ever, and you're going to want to support his company. And number two, because you're going to be appalled by what's in your soap. It's crazy out there. It is crazy out there. But Avi, um, this is a two-part episode, which is also why our intro is so long. Also, we're just a little bit giggly today, and we had some (laughs) stuff to catch up on. But it's a two-part episode. The first half is going to be focusing a lot on business, on marketing, on creating a brand story, how Iron Lion was founded, um, and the origin story with a jiu-jitsu injury. Avi actually got ringworm, which is one of my biggest fears in life, just being someone that spends a lot of time in like a sweaty place. Uh, yeah, I have fears of ringworm, but actually I would be armed with what I need with Iron Lion. So Avi will talk all about the origin story, all about where Iron Lion is today, um, how he created this brand, why he created this brand. He talks a lot about his people over profit model and how that actually tangibly works in 2022 capitalist America. Love it. All comes back to capitalism, doesn't it? Capitalism and evolution. <laughs> All right. Enjoy, guys. All right. It has been a journey. Wow. We're That's here. An understatement. Avi, welcome back to Friends with Health Benefits. It's so amazing to be back here. Wow. (laughs) We missed you. So fun story for our listeners. We attempted to record this episode exactly a week ago and ran into... One Wednesday ago. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) One Wednesday ago. Ran into some major technical difficulties. But luckily, Avi was the perfect guest, <laughs> and you guys will soon know why. The chillest of chill. Wow, no pressure. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> I better be the perfect guest here. Right. <laughs> Avi, we're so happy to have you. Yeah, I'm excited to be doing this. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah. What'd your day look like today? It was a good day. Good, good morning. Spent the morning at home with the family. Um, got to the office relatively early today and just approved a bunch of awesome stuff that we have rolling out the next couple of days Ooh. and a couple of weeks like new july's all done we're getting ready to plan for august new scents yeah Ooh. ready for it i'm excited watermelon lemonade whoa what and a mango guava oh i'm all over the I mango brought you guava i should have brought you guys oh i'm i'm leaning towards the watermelon lemonade that's oh, good that means we don't have to share if there's guava in it, I'm so in. so. This guava is actually really cool. There, it's it's the traditional like white guava, so it's a little bit more dense, uh, way more. It's got way more fiber in it. But the real medicinal uh, part of the soap is from the guava leaves. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and the way that the guava plant grows creates photosynthesis is different than some of the other stone fruits. And what that does is it allows a lot of allows a lot of the minerals and the nutrients to stay in the plant rather than going to the flower to create the fruit interesting yeah i guess i'm gonna be rubbing rubbing guava leaf all over me that's right i can't wait huge guava leaf girl soap or yeah it's so cream great yeah it smells incredible like it's so it's 
it's crisp, but it's soft. Ooh, I'm, you know what, you know what I'm trying I'm to say? I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah. And the watermelon lemonade, not to downplay it at all, but it, it's been here for a few seasons now. Um, and it's, it's exactly like it sounds like it is so sweet and refreshing. And the aromatic that you get from that when you're showering is just like a, you know, like, it's perfect. It, yeah. That's like summer. That's summer in a scent. Yeah. Yeah. So we're dropping that tomorrow. Great. Yeah. Well, for those of you who aren't familiar with Avi or Iron Lion Soap, just to give the people a quick background, since you don't have the most traditional career history in the world, and your route to creating Ireland was kind of happenstance due to your jujitsu ailment. That's right. And your mom's cultural background. So for those that are unfamiliar, can you give us a brief overview of what you did before Iron Lion and then how you came to found this company? It's a long, it's a long journey, but it basically started, uh, you know, grew up in, in a very uh, unconventional Western home, right? My, my parents are from Israel. Um, so we, we were raised with very different set of beliefs and different kind of cultural upbringing. And so when we were younger, we didn't play soccer and football and we didn't go to baseball camp. You know, we did like other stuff. Like we went to like outdoor school, you know, <laughs> and like, let's go learn how to like, which bugs are edible, you know, like just like really not normal things, you know? Right. And, uh, one day my dad decided to take my younger brother and sister to jujitsu. And I was like, all right, cool. Have fun. You know, like that sounds neat. You know, no. This was like 2005. Like, so jujitsu wasn't in yet. It was not. A, it was not everybody and their mom doing it. No. And uh, I got a really bad case of, of ringworm from jujitsu, and I couldn't get rid of it with Western medicine. And so we tried a bunch of different things and and different uh, solutions, and we landed on like the power of tea tree oil. Right. And that was just the, the catalyst for Iron Lion being born. Uh, but but prior to that, I was working at the Jiu Jitsu Academy, uh, like just selling T-shirts and helping out in the pro shop, doing just little 16, 17 year old stuff, I guess, you know, trying to help out and uh, climbed the ranks up there and ended up sitting on the board of directors for this Jiu Jitsu Academy. I was responsible for opening 24 different locations in California. Wow. Um. I was 18 years old. It was incredible. They actually put me through the uh, Starbucks uh, like franchisee school. We like submitted and pretended that we were gonna like open up a Starbucks just so that we could turn around and jack all of their like. I have yeah. never heard something I love so much. That's <laughs> so genius. And that's why there's like a million of these uh, jujitsu academies now. Is I'm gonna we, do that. You should do that. It they they put they paid like. 70 grand for me to attend this thing and like they knew that Jack's i knew gonna do it. oh don't you, you guys have no idea yeah. i'm like all the rest of my night is booked i'm researching yeah. this yeah and th i mean that's that's basically like the the short of the long that's kind of what like where it started right so i well, got a lot of like wisdom on business second-handedly you know my dad's really really business savvy and he's always just kicked back game and yeah how old were you when you started iron lion uh, 15, but it was 16, but it wasn't even like iron line yet. It was just like right. us fucking around in the kitchen sink. So it started initially when you first started like making soap, it was just for friends and family. Yeah. Yeah. So, so going back to the ringworm story, I, I got really bad ringworm. Couldn't get rid of it with Western medicine. Uh, we found the power of tea tree and then we were like in the locker room, like putting 
tea tree oil on ourselves, you know? And one of our training partners was like, hey, that's like, it's like a little weird, you know? We're about to like roll on the ground <laughs> with a bunch hippies. of dudes. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, that's like unfair, you know? You're going to be slippery and I won't be able to grab you. And I was like, that's, I guess, a good point, you know? And so the ne- next natural progression was like, oh, maybe we should like put it into a soap. Like we've tried tea tree soap before. Like, let's just do that ourselves. Uh, and that was it. Yeah, we were like making soap and passing it out to our training partners and our friends and family. And the 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 night that it became a business, uh, one of our training partners is this really prolific lawyer in here in Orange County, and he he said something like, "Oh, I want to gift Iron Lion soap to to all of my clients. You know, can you guys like come through?" And we're like, "Yeah, of course. You know, how many bars do you need?" And he's like, "500," and like we hadn't even made 500 ever, like total combined. You know, and I was like, "Yeah, we got it." right for sure yeah, yeah. no problem all yeah. the confidence in the world yeah yeah i was like 18 i'm so dumb you know i didn't know i was i didn't know what that meant what that looked like i was just like yeah let's do that and uh that night at dinner my dad was like we're gonna make 500 bars of soap i was like yeah we're gonna make 500 bars of soap and he's like call your friends i was like okay and then the next thing was like wow this is gonna take forever right this should probably be a business <laughs> <laughs> i should probably make some money off yeah of this, exactly maybe. yeah exactly wow. wow that is pretty incredible yeah it's, it's a cool like little origin story because it's it's like real is your dad still involved uh yes in a capacity where like he comes to the office he's like need soap son and he comes and he jacks all my soap and then, <laughs> Love that. yeah that's like his mascot full involvement yeah it tells everybody system. about it like yes. it's his number one favorite thing to gift he's, he's very supportive yeah but not like involved no got it yeah okay cool it's kind of cool because like hearing the origin story of Iron Lion, it just sounds so it just is so fitting for the brand as a whole. Because when I think about Iron Lion, I think about honesty, I think about authenticity, and I think about this commitment to people. And those have like become fancy buzzwords over Super, <laughs> like the most trendiest. Of yeah. course. <laughs> right. Over the last few years, as brands are realizing that people are starting to care and they're, they have this purchasing power. And so they want to tell the story about the brand. But when it comes to Iron Lion, these really are your core values and you do live them, breathe them and make them a core part of the business. So can you talk about kind of what your core values are and how they play out in your specific business practices? I think the, the, to speak on the, the trendiness of it, right? Like so much of what Iron Lion stands for is my personal moralities and my personal ethos and it's a lot easier to live in that day in and day out when it's authentic and it's real right and so for me it's it's really simple it's not so necessarily so easy but it's simple to to have this sort of true north set of principles that are really guiding and and it allows the the answers to the hard questions to be made easy um I think the 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 core of that lays in like people over everything. You know, that's that's a really big one for me. That's how I was raised. When it came to how that translates to a business, it's it's very like fluid. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you're purchasing from us the first time or you're purchasing from us from for the fiftieth time. You know, we're still just as thankful, just as as grateful to have you support us the same way that we're supporting you. You know. Yeah, I think it's I've worked at a lot of companies that focus a lot on like the culture and making sure that it's very well known, which I think is great. I think it's important for people and and for companies to outline that. But it seems like it would be a lot more difficult to make those decisions if 
that culture and those values are just like so that you can check an HR box totally. and say, this is what we are and this is what we do. And now we're going to put it on our website and in our marketing and whatever. Totally. But then when it comes to day to day, like you were saying, it's kind of simple for you because yeah. like it is based on you. You didn't have to sit down and brainstorm these values. Right. This is just who you right. are. The, what, what I find super challenging is, is translating like who I am in my heart and in my head to the rest of my team or to the, to our customers. Right. And it's how to articulate these feelings, how to articulate these, these emotions or how to articulate these concepts. Right. Cause some of them are so grand, you know, like how do you articulate putting people over products? Right. Or how do you, how do you put into words, treat everybody the same when you're a business, you know, and it's, it's just, uh, that to me, I find super challenging, but I think now that I've had enough time in this space, being a business owner and being a, a, a founder and a CEO or whatever, whatever you want to call it, like I've realized that that's that's actually my one job is to make sure that I keep pouring into the vision bucket. Yeah. And I think that says a lot about you and your business, because a lot of companies don't even try to articulate those things. They just use like the cookie cutter, right. like Jack said, like right. they're the classic HR statement that you could pull up on Google. Right. So aside from articulating your grandest, wildest thoughts, you also have to wear multiple other hats as a business owner. So how do you delegate and fulfill all of the responsibilities that you have to do from like product development, bookkeeping and staying organized and even like strategizing marketing? Uh, I didn't up until like a couple of years ago. <laughs> I didn't delegate any of that stuff. I, you know, I, I had a, the, the epiphany probably now three years ago that like I've taken Iron Lion as far as I could take it by myself. Right. And yeah, I've had help along the way and I've had people come and go doing different things and, and picking up different roles, but I've never had a core team or a core set of people that I could really rely on and really uh, delegate to. And so now that I do have that, uh, it, it's it's just a part of my routine now. You know, I, I'm a very structured and, and sort of like ritualistic person. And so when I do things over and over again on the same day at the same time, you know, on of the month or whatever that becomes pretty like standard practice for me to do uh, but it's challenging yeah routines are really hard i feel like especially you're actually very routine oriented i feel like you I, do your monday thing with your administrative work oh yeah i love my administrative calendar block <laughs> it's i've i've made it mondays and wednesdays now but yes but i feel like people like the both of you who like running like massive multi-component businesses it it would be super hard to sit down and be like okay this is now time for that and now we're going to do this because it's all going a million miles a minute i hired a, i hired a personal assistant a couple of years ago to literally be like an adult babysitter totally right That's like amazing. hey did you do this hey did you call this guy hey did you send this hey is this bill paid hey did you you know and it's like it got to the point where i was like wow this is fucking annoying but the but accountability, it's so the accountability so is yeah, major. Yeah. that's one thing they don't tell you about owning a business is that there's nobody there, holding nobody. you accountable nobody you're just out there doing it. If you decide to wake up and blow it, that's your you choice. You can do that. You can do that. It is overwhelming. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. That's it's, you know, for me, it, w it was changing the, 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 it was just like a mental switch going from routine to ritual. Right. And, and ritual is something that you like to do. Ritual should be something that brings you value, not something that you have to do. And when I made that switch, it became really easy to like, 
be stoked in the work that I'm doing. And so I have a Monday management too, like 9.30 to 11.30 every Monday. That's where we like get the week going, right? And it used to like suck. Yeah, I used to be like, fuck, all of these tasks and all of these emails and all of these, you know, I'd spend so much time like being busy but not producing any work. Mm -hmm. And so it felt like it was like a waste of a day until I realized how to like, squeeze the maximum juice out of it right and so it was lighting my incense making sure that i listen to the same playlist every time i do this type of work making sure that like i've got my comfy shoes on so that i know that i don't have to like worry about my feet or whatever right whatever it is and it, it just allowed me to really like flourish in that side of like mindset yeah and having the ability to do that like i think people idealize owning your own business or working for yourself or not having to go into an office every day or all these things. But if you're not taking, if you have that opportunity and you get to live that life and then you don't take advantage of it in those ways, you're blowing it. What are you doing? Yeah, Like, what are you doing? Go back to working for an hours, right. like go change hours for money then. Exactly. Otherwise, otherwise you should be like, if, if this is what you want to do, then take advantage of it, cultivate your environment and fucking kill it. Right. Otherwise, and be happy doing and be, it. Yes, exactly. And otherwise like, eh, you know, yeah. Go I think read, go read another book. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I think um, that's something that a lot of people, I mean, just in general, and I don't think it's any individual's fault. I think we're obviously socialized to believe that we should be trading our money or our time for money and that that's we're a commodity in this wonderful system right. of ours right. and everything else. And that kind of brings me to something that I really, truly respect and want to hear more about with you and with Iron Lion is you have this people over, you said people over everything, but people over product, people over profit. Which sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> in theory. Like, sounds great, right? We all hope for that, especially, I mean, we are living in late stage capitalist right, America. Right. Like, this is not your grandmother's capitalism. This is not it's like yeah. laissez faire, <laughs> every man for himself, equal opportunity no. bullshit. Like, no. no, this is monopolies. This is tech oligarchs and billionaires. This consume, is consume, take over, take exactly. over. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mass production. So, the people over profit, people over product model, living in late stage capitalist America, what <laughs> tangible things do you do to ensure that you're providing the best quality possible, but also simultaneously creating a business that can sustain you, your family, your adult babysitter, yeah. and do it in a way that isn't just taking advantage of one, people's pocketbooks, and two, people's incessant need to consume. Right. And it's a, it's a good question. And I, I don't have like a, a like thorough answer, you know, but, but when, when you ask that, the first thing that comes to mind is like, it's not easy, you know, and, and it involves a lot, a lot of losses, you know, J just this morning, I like we, then this is a great example because it's fresh, but we, we, we had a promo a couple of weeks back, like leave us a review on, on one of our products and we'll give you a coupon for a free bar. The terms to that where you can only choose a free bar from this collection, right? Like our OG collection. These are the these are not our limiteds, right? They're not based on a limited availability of ingredients. These are the formulas that we always have in stock. And a customer uh, didn't like that. Like she wanted, she wanted. Uh, not only did she want a limited edition formula, but she wanted a formula that we actually were out of. Like online, it showed zero. And so I explained to her, hey, these are the terms. You know, this is how it goes. Da da da. da. And before she even responded to me, I got a notification that she left me a one-star review on Google Ugh. for being for being uh, non-flexible and uncompromising. Before she even responded to me, right? And so, the the right thing to do, or or I guess the the 
the business owner thing to do to be try to like remedy that right but in in our space in our instance she's asking for a bar that we literally don't have the raw material for like i can't even i can't i can't give you something i don't have right that'd be a different story if i had it and i was just being an asshole and choosing not to give it to you and so i you know the 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 difficult part was like okay let me like maybe offer her two bars instead right and uh, like i'll give you two bars of this one that i do have instead of this one that i don't have blah 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 blah. and she still was like not happy wow yeah and it and it and it's it's super difficult to manage those things as a business because you want to support your community who's supporting you but you also need to like not cut into you know your livelihood right right and so i think to to answer your question is like there's a lot of losses that are involved on a small scale and on a large scale but the way that we really succeed at it at iron lion soap is is really really making sure that we're nurturing our pre-existing customers we spend very very little energy on acquiring new customers because of our product it's able to do that on its own right if you if you come to kate's house and you go in her shower and she's got iron line and you, you decided to smell it and you're like, oh yeah, I want this too, right? That's how that happens. But what we what we like to focus on is is just making sure that the customers who have decided to shower with us are taken care of and respected and making sure that they have what they need to feel like they're not only a part of our community, but that they are a, a, a result of this mantra that we have, right? This This ethos that we try to like run our business by. So it's a, it's it's really difficult. Yeah. And, and right now too like with with like the cost of everything changing and just the the way that the world is like we are like our our 40 cent losses are now like 65 cent losses. And those and that's like it's impactful to us when you know when you're a small business and we have a small team and we don't have this giant pocketbook that we could tap into and it it's it's increasingly becoming more and more difficult but it's again it's who we are and so we figure out where else can we make changes rather than change who we are inherently. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think the the note about choosing to not spend on marketing is major. Yeah. And you've been able to grow a really organic following and everything else. But I think about, um, what's the name? Mark Cuban just founded that uh, prescription that like oh, yeah, uh, that pharmaceutical yeah that pharmaceutical yeah. company they spend zero dollars on marketing which obviously mark cuban's got like a decent following right so, he, he doesn't need to do know, any marketing. right yeah. it's probably good <laughs> but like when you think about it i was like reading the numbers like it is astounding how much money these drug companies spend right pushing their product and what you're able to do this claim that they can't make it cheaper or they can't make it more accessible or just the markup that they choose like it exactly. costs them two dollars but they sell it for two hundred dollars right, right? And so that, that that's a big piece of of what we're about too is like uh, we 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 want to be accessible. You've showered with Iron Lion. You know that we sure could do every day. We could easily charge fifteen dollars a bar for that. Yeah. And there's plenty of people who would purchase that. Right. That's not what we're in it for, right? We want to be able to give people this extremely high quality product at a very accessible level, and and doing that involves a lot of other pieces, right? Like not spending on marketing, like making sure that we're not putting money in advertising, but we're putting money in production of extra soaps for giveaways or for samples. Right. And that's, th th those are the nuances on how we make that sort of like happen. Overall. Yeah. Your brand just seems very like it. We're for everyone. Like there's a very low barrier to entry with very, you guys. Yeah. 
And I think that's something that lacks a lot in especially like the beauty space. Totally. It's like very exclusive. And that's something I praise you guys for doing. But before people even try Iron Lion, your guys' image and branding is very clear to the consumer without marketing, even if they just look on your Instagram page. So what advice could you give people for creating a brand story that's going to resonate with a lot of people? It's this is gonna sound so corny because this is what everybody's saying these days. But if you go back in the history of Iron Line stuff, this is what I've always been saying. So it, it's, you know, I'm a little disgruntled if you can't tell, but it's <laughs> it's be authentic, right? Like be be true to yourself because now you don't have to try, you don't have to work to 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 put on this facade or you don't have to 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 put on this show to pretend to be something that you're not you know if you're if you're a grumpy old man and that's like your your persona then you should build your business around being a grumpy old man right like i i i don't know it's 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 a it's a it's a really hard like talent or a a skill to convey to somebody like how do you create an authentic anything right well it's got to be real right and like what does that look like and it's it's a very weird conversation but my, my piece of advice would just to be like be unmovable on who you are and what your motives are. And and that should give you the focus to not deviate from what you're trying to achieve. If you if you're if you come to a crossroads and it's like pay a TikTok person to post da da da, da or go do a a community give back, if you're rooted in community, it's going to be really easy for you to be like cool peace TikTok, I'm going to go do this community thing. But I think a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people who are in the game, who have been 5, 10, 15 year business owners, they, they don't st- they still don't know who they are. They still don't know what their core values are, what their what their true north is. And so they're constantly being torn and pulled in different directions rather than being unmovable and being like, no, this is exactly what the fuck I stand for. This is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm doing it. Right. And I think a lot of people, especially with business ownership, is it's money motivation always. And when money is your motivation, it's very, very difficult to make decisions that are actually true to yourself. I I completely agree. I can't tell you how many other business owners I know, small business owners, medium business owners that like all they worried about is the, the deposits that they got that day or the impact that they had on their social channels or what did YouTube pay out for us this month? Right. Instead of, worrying about what am I putting out on the on YouTube or or spending time and intention in doing something for your you know your community right rather than just trying to like squeeze every dollar out of it yeah and it's I mean and it's a sacrifice like there you have to make sacrifices if you're choosing to build your business and your life on the things that are important to you ultimately like you are going to have to sacrifice money you are going to have to sacrifice time you are going to have to take losses left and right right and that becomes really hard yeah. if if you're not grounded in who you are and and what your values are. Yeah, I mean, you you said it like we're we're in, in in a very interesting space right now in terms of capitalism in America, and it's it's very very money motivated. And so I think not just Iron Lion, right? But we're an anomaly in a small group of businesses who actually care about what we're putting into the world, and it's it's easy for us to say this because it's a commodity and because everybody showers right but what we're doing isn't isn't new at all soap's been around forever like thousands of years depending on who you ask and what we're doing is we're just presenting it in a way 
that one is is unconventional, but two, we're not selling you the soap. We're selling the soap as a vessel, right? And that vessel carries this much larger mis- mission or this lo- much larger, deeper, intentional message. Running a bi- running a business is is a weird. It's like really weird, you know. But at the end of the day, it, it's a business. Otherwise, you'd be a church. Right. <laughs> well, don't let's not get started on that. Never, right. Like I didn't mean it like that, but I I would say you'd be a nonprofit. Like uh, you're right. you're you're in business because you're a business. Right. Other, exactly. Otherwise, you're a charity or a nonprofit or whatever. Right. So you actually had to make well, you've had to make quite a few decisions, saying no to a lot of potential oh, yeah. for money and growth. Too many. But a couple that I heard about on a previous co- uh, podcast that you were on, one was the time that Whole Foods came to you and made you a pretty significant offer. Yeah. And another was when I believe uh, some venture capitalist or someone that worked for someone in VC uh, said that if your product is as good as you claim it is, you should be putting gas on the fire through ads and marketing and everything. And you said this phrase, and I don't know if you still feel this way, but you said you wanted to keep things medium. Yeah, I totally I totally feel that way. still. Okay, can you explain why you've made those decisions and why it's important for you to keep it medium? Yeah. First and foremost, it's because it's it's the only way we have access to our community, right? I, I don't care to be the number one soap in the company or in the world. I don't I don't care to be the in Kim Kardashian shower or on MTV like that. You probably could be though, but I have no interest in right. Courtney's at least for if, sure. If that happens, great. That's awesome, right? I would I would love that for our business, right? For our brand, it is nowhere on our roadmap. It, it means nothing to us because it removes us from our original message, you know. And, and what I always kind of like go back to is that game telephone that we played when we were a kid, right? Yep, yep. If it's far enough away from the original message, at some point, it's not the same message at all. And so for me, it's it's I don't want to be lost on a bunch of shelves in Whole Foods just as another soap. Right. I don't need to raise two and a half million dollars so that I could go make a, a, a soap for Star Wars because that's what everybody's doing right now. That's not part of our roadmap. That's not a part of who we are. Um, it It's it's interesting in the sense because, yes, we're a business. Right. And we need to grow and we need to be able to maintain. Right. We, we went from no employees to two employees to a partner and an employee and now you know three employees now we've got eight people on our team and like that's a lot for a medium business you know but i i don't think that we're we're providing anything or or anybody on our team lives a lifestyle where they need seventy thousand dollars a month from iron lion soap that you know how much soap that requires for us to sell you know and so it it it's just getting the right people on your team, making sure that everybody is aligned and and having that real like uh, just no bullshit understanding of what we're trying to achieve here, you know. And, and for us, it's really making that positive impact. It's really making that change in someone's life, right? Like it, it's it's crazy some of the testimonials that like we've received for for the impacts that we've made in different people's lives, and that's priceless. Mm-hmm.